0: All right, before we get started with today's episode, we'd like to give a shout out to our Producers Ready, Set podcast. They have prices to fit any budget, options for both hobbyists and professional podcasters. They make it super easy to create your own podcast. They can help record, edit, and publish. If you have a podcast idea, they'll give you a free consultation. If you reach out to them on their website or social media, their website is www.readysetpodcast.xyz ready, set, podcast, turning your brilliant idea into reality.
1: And welcome back. I'm Isaac Sims. And I'm Eric Fam,
2: And I am Olivia Clement. And this is Flyover Film Show, a podcast about movies from the perspectives of three people who live in places off forgotten by Hollywood.
1: This is the second episode covering HBO's series Watchmen. In today's episode, we are going to discuss the theme of racism in the series and explore how the fictional timeline of this show rings true in our society today.
2: So to start us off, we're going to hit on the opening scene in the very first episode of the series. Uh, It's talking about the Tulsa Massacre. And so I'm just going to give a brief overview of the, the Tulsa Massacre because a lot of people didn't realize that this was an actual historical event that happened. People felt like it was uh, part of the show. and so this was this really brought the history of the Tulsa massacre to the forefront of of our country. So, on May 30th, a young black man named Dick Roland, who was 19 years old, was riding in an elevator in the Drexel building in Tulsa, Oklahoma, with a white woman named Sarah Page, who was 17. So, according to Tulsa history, the details of what occurred next vary from person to person. According to C- CNN, Page initially claimed she was assaulted. Others say Roland tripped leaving the elevator and grabbed Page's arm as he fell, which prompted C- Page's scream. Regardless of what happened, all that really matters is or to to the people of Tulsa, all that really mattered was a white woman was screaming and running away from a black man. So authorities arrested Roland, and by the end of the day, the rumor was that Paige had been raped by Roland. On May 31st, the Tulsa Tribune reported an editorial on the incident, which sparked a lot of uproar. A group of black and white men confronted each other outside of the courthouse where Roland was being held. The sheriff and police officers apparently barricaded the top floor to protect Roland. The next thing that happens is gunshots ring out and the black men retreat to the Greenwood District. Now, this is important because the Greenwood District is referred to as Black Wall Street. It was a very thriving area in Tulsa that was populated almost entirely by black people, black owned businesses. It, it really was an incredible place in, in history, but especially in Tulsa because places like that didn't exist, especially at that point in time. Uh, anyway, in the early hours of June 1st, a white mob began looting, burning, shooting, and bombing in Greenwood, in the Greenwood district of Tulsa. It is estimated that 10,000 white people flooded the area, and in, in the span of just 24 hours, 35 square blocks have been burned and over 1,200 houses have been destroyed. It is believed that as many as 300 people died, and this this terrible day has been referred to as Tulsa's dirty secret. Now, I think it's important that we mentioned this, the show really prompted two big things to happen in Tulsa and then also just the state of Oklahoma. Uh, One is that, and this had been kind of in the works for a while, but one is a geophysical survey, which is a type of archaeological scanning, was performed at three sites in the Tulsa area. And a mass of unmarked graves were found in two of those sites. Now remember, it's estimated that 300 people were killed during the, the massacre. And so a lot of those people didn't get a proper burial or funeral or anything like that. And so they were just kind of buried somewhere in the Tulsa area. So a mass of unmarked graves have been found in two of these sites. And this has been a decades-long effort. Um, but I think that that what Watchmen did really brought that to the forefront and put a greater emphasis and focus on that. The second thing that has happened because of, of Watchmen putting an emphasis on this is that in February of 2020, Oklahoma announced that the events of the massacre are going to be incorporated into the curriculum of all Oklahoma schools. Now, that is a very brief overview of what happened, but it it just hits on how often incidents like that that happen to minorities, that happen to black people, often get swept under the rug and we don't hear about them in the greater uh, society. We don't hear about that in our education system. So, as someone who is from Oklahoma who has spent most of my life in Oklahoma, I did not know about this until the show aired. Now, I'm gonna turn it back to you guys. Did you guys know anything about the Tulsa Massacre before the show aired
0: yeah it's the the Tulsa massacre uh, I learned nothing about that in school. I had never even heard of it um until until the show and when they showed it in the show, I'm like is this even is this a true story, or did they make this up in the universe of Watchmen? cuz it it sounded so almost so outlandish that how how could this event have happened and i have no idea that that it did and it's so close to home
1: the i i knew a little bit about it but for me this especially in the first episode when you we get introduced to will reeves and you see um just this this really disturbing and graphic depiction of violence that and and mm-hmm. there's there's no I don't believe that there's any evidence that um and correct please correct me if I'm wrong that the white individuals that flooded the area and conducted the bombing and killing um were wearing clan robes um which watchmen like a lot of the men are wearing clan robes and carrying rifles and that kind of stuff but n- nonetheless regardless mm-hmm. It is a it is a harrowing picture of terrorism and white supremacy and racism. So for me, knowing just a little bit that mm-hmm. it had happened and not doing any research on my own and what and beginning <laughs> beginning this series in this series is is a reflection of the times that we live in and how Damon Lindelof said um, that he he wanted to create a Watchmen story that was a funhouse trans. Uh, translation of the times that we are living in and re- and racism is that and it's been exacerbated by so many different um detail or so many different sources and there's so many reasons um like leadership and politics being among the forefront um but yeah bringing it back to my experience I was I immediately understood what the writers and directors we're trying to communicate in this show and uh and and we'll we'll come back to that time and again in this episode and continuing on and i feel like you know the reason we decided to do this series is because it is it isn't easy to talk about but it's important it's it's really really important and that's why we're uh that's why we're doing it
2: yeah no i think you make a good point uh damon Lindelof said that Watchmen has to be a funhouse mirror reflection of the times in which we live which is very true, and you see that in the the original source material of it being kind of a reflection of the Cold War in that era. Um, and I think that the decision to open this series with the Tulsa Massacre, which is often incorrectly referred to as the Tulsa Race Riots, um, it it really tells you from the jump. Okay, so this is this is where we're going with this. And I think that I personally think that that was necessary. Do you guys, how do you guys feel about that?
1: That it was necessary to,
2: to start there mm-hmm. to really set. I think it really sets the the tone of the show. Is that, is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, just especially considering, you, you know, and, and this is, this is something that happened today or no, yesterday, last evening in Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, Jacob Blake, was shot seven times in the back by police officers and is paralyzed as of the time of this recording. Before the time of this recording, just several names: Breonna Taylor, Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, and more. Watchmen is not responsible for the perspective in shift in culture, but I I believe that it you know as a piece of entertainment it informed the public's you know or a small portion of the public's understanding of just what is happening in the world right now. Um, or, or at least chose to discuss it and talk about it in a popular medium. That's my answer. I don't know if that makes sense.
2: Oh yeah, that made sense. Uh, Eric, what do you think?
0: Yeah. Um starting off the series with that opening scene and that opening scene was uh, how that that was like 15, 20 minutes of the, the very first episode. And it Mm -hmm. it really set the tone for everything that was to come after that. Um, I think we can all agree on without politics, Watchmen, the Watchmen universe isn't what it is. And um, picking this, this event to open up this, this series was uh, a great decision. And it really set, set the stage for everything that was to happen. And the the story that was told.
2: Yeah, I I agree with you. Uh, I think that's a good point because without politics and trying to have a commentary on societal issues watchmen probably wouldn't exist i think exactly so the the premise of the show is based on balancing being restored to black americans um because of the sins against them but white people are often taking it as an offense rather than an evening of the scales. senator joe keen even says we're not racist we're about restoring balance in those times when our country forgets the principles upon which it was founded because the scales have been tipped way too far and it is extremely difficult to be a white man in america right now how do you guys feel about that what does what does that mean to you what are your thoughts how did you feel when you heard that
0: yeah so when i heard that quote um i'll preface this i'm I'm on social media i have my times when i'm on social media quite a bit and with everything going on in the world uh, world right now everyone loves to express their opinions, you know, on Facebook and, and Twitter and so on and so forth. And I, I see, uh, I see the line that's dropped a lot, um, particularly from people, you know, in our area is like, he's like, you have no idea how hard it is to be white in this country right now. And I'm just like, when I hear that, or when I heard the the little excerpt that Joe Keen said in the show, I'm just like that. That's pretty much him talking like the every man and, um and all of all of today's events on social media, um, like um, it really just makes me scratch my head because they're just completely missing the point of all the the protests and everything that that's going on and what everyone is fighting for. So um, that's that's what I kind of think of when I hear that quote from the from the TV show.
1: Um, today, I was walking from my office to a uh, a downtown mechanic to pick up my car and come home. And there was, there's a group, there's a group here in Conway that is, you know, you know, born out of um, Black Lives Matter, not, not like a Black Lives Matter chapter or anything like that, but they are calling for defunding the police. They've had meetings with our mayor and they did not make it onto the city council agenda for this month. And so they're outside protesting. My understanding at the time was that they were protesting Jacob Blake and I'm walking down the street on the sidewalk or I'm walking down the sidewalk. That was an awesome <laughs> moron statement. I'm walking down the sidewalk and this guy turns around, he's wearing an American um, gator mask and carrying an AR 15. And I was just like, and then on the other side of the street, these, these people are chanting no justice, no peace. And, and I just think about like philosophically, like, how much i believe in protesting and how important i believe it is and how these how people who are protesting if you're protesting against protesters that is that's kind of that's twisted in itself but then also if you're protesting with weapons of war in your hands that's a uh, e- almost equally as dark if not more dark um and so i just i just think about you know And and it's it. I'm speaking from my perspective as a white man, and so I'm no better than Senator Joe Keane, other than the fact that I acknowledge my privilege. That is that's literally the only thing. I don't know what it's like to be a black man. I don't know Eric what it's like to be Asian. Um. So all I can you know you know what all I can say is like what I feel and what I um. In, in what I uh, just feel slash know to be true that um, we, I don't know what it's like to be a black person in America and the, in the, in the privilege that I have uh, helps it. Like, I don't, I don't have to understand that my ancestors were were killed and beaten and that the privileges that I enjoy now were built on their blood. And that is the reality for my coworkers, for my friends and for like people in my neighborhood. And that is, that's harrowing. And that's so, that's so messed up. And it's, it, it starts that the breaking away of that privilege, um, Starts with just with conversations and with education, and uh, my, my wife is a eighth, eighth grade English teacher, and I just believes I believe so much in everything that she does every day, and especially the units that she gets to cover um, over World War Two and Anne Frank in Nazi Germany, and how that is fucking wrong, and how it's just not human it's not how god created us um and that i don't know i just i try to i try to stand up for that stuff whenever it comes up in my life and i don't do a perfect job of it i'm not perfect but um i don't know just watchmen gets me fired up because it's a uh, it's saying a lot of really important stuff and it just reminds me of how good i have it honestly That was my answer. We, before, to our listeners, before we started this episode, we were like, this is going to be a bummer of an episode. But um, (laughs) this is me jumping in and uh, interjecting that. But it won't be a bummer if we are having a good conversation and uh, I'll try to bring a little levity here and there.
2: Well, it's just a heavy discussion to have. It's a necessary discussion. And especially, I mean, I don't think you can talk about this series without, discussing the theme of racism in it
0: isn't it crazy that a tv show is so deep that we are talk? we can make a whole podcast about these kind of topics Has has any other tv show made us feel this way
1: that's a great question i was i was like watching um what is what is the title of this episode of the episode um this marvelous uh creature or something, something well, I, like i'm gonna that. look it up i'll be able to look it up but even like I, i've been trying to pay attention to technical filmmaking recently i listened to a podcast about akira kurosawa today um Dope. and yeah yeah dude like i've i've the only movie of his i've seen is throne of blood but i'm gonna try to watch through every single one of his movies but you know these these podcasters we're talking about the Cineviles free shout out love the <laughs> Cineviles they're so good they're talking about how you know good filmmaking is you dig into the why like why is a person doing this but great filmmaking is when you capture the how of a character after like some kind of life altering event either something good or something bad most of the time it's something bad because that's interesting in cinema how are you going to act now that you have found your reason to live or like, how are you going to act now that every, everything has been stripped away? Um, and I, that came to mind immediately when I was watching this episode, uh, Olivia, what's the title?
2: It is called this extraordinary being. That's what it's, it's called. It is uh episode six of yes. Watchmen.
1: When Will Reeves has almost been hung and, you, the camera is inside the mask and the lights start to go down, and he is that close to death. And we get to experience the intergenerational trauma, which I think we're going to discuss a little bit in this episode. Um, that, uh, that Regina King's character is experiencing through the eyes of her grandfather. And then her grandfather goes and saves a couple people instead of walking away and being a coward and survive and just, you know, becoming a shell of a person and retreating into a survivalist mentality, which a lot of people would have done. It's just a really powerful thing to think about and to see on screen.
2: Well, and I think that, that the character of Will Reeves has a lot of resiliency which is something that we we talk about in in psychology is you know does someone have resiliency is someone going to basically get back up after they've been knocked down and he quite literally does that after he's been um freed from the the noose around his neck he gets back up and then he he goes into this kind of super almost like a superhero role and saves this couple and the couple didn't know he was a black man i'm sure their reaction may have been different had that been the case but you know he goes back into it and in order to kind of protect himself his wife says you're gonna have to paint your uh the outside of your eyes to make them think you're a white man saving them um so yeah so anyway but yeah I think that the it's important for us to acknowledge that none of us are are black. We don't know what it's like to be black in America. Um, and
1: I was gonna I was gonna go back to Eric's question. Um, outside er, his question about, you know, TV and popular entertainment being this compelling and and striking as a literal reflection of our times, Mm -hmm. I really, I really don't think there is anything else, nothing else that comes to mind. Um, I I think Watchmen will go down as kind of this, this landmark event in TV.
2: Well, and also it's correct me if I'm wrong. It's also one of the very few miniseries shows, anything like that, that doesn't, it hits on racism, but like, the main character is overcoming all these things she's not necessarily she's not a slave trying to get freed it's not the civil rights era where black people are constantly being put down now there's a lot of racism in it obviously but it's not it's not the same story we see that is supposed to be you know it's not like and this isn't a knock on the movie selma but it's not like selma it's not like uh, like
1: um, when Roots. they see us
2: yeah yeah so anyway, I'll move on to the next question. So in the well, show...
1: Real quick, which is which is funny because so many people were upset that Watchmen, <laughs> <laughs> that oh, this was so political. Oh my, yeah. I think, I think, <laughs> I, remember, yeah, I think that...
0: I remember after the first episode came out, right. um, I think it was IMDb and it had like a three out of 10 rating. And like all the reviews were like, it's too woke, too woke, too political. Too on the nose about what it's trying to convey i'm like uh that's i mean that's the, the point of the show that the creators are trying to make it's yeah right
2: which is funny that you say that about imdb because right now it's sitting at an 8.1 that's out of 10. crazy yeah
1: Just and most prevailing. of the shows
2: are yeah most of the episodes are rated around the like 8.5 up to like nine yep. Uh, I think the only there's a couple episodes I think that I rated at like seven point something. So that brings the,
1: me the libs, the libs all logged on. <laughs> and, and <laughs> <laughs> Look, we gotta bump this up to it. Real eight. quick, I think <laughs> okay. the
0: uh, the only other show um, that kind of makes me feel this way, but of course not to the same level as Watchmen, is is The Wire. If if The Wire had had came out, mm, you know, yeah. and during the the social media era, it would. I think it would have blown up to even more how even more popular than it is today but
1: S- still need to watch the wire it is a great watch great watch and there's yeah. so many
0: memes in it like you see a wire meme on twitter at least every day so you'll get in on nice. the
2: jokes oh nice. nice all right well so in the show robert redford is the president um, and he passes reparations to the descendants of the Tulsa massacre, which are referred to as red forations. Uh, so what do you guys think about reparations if reparations were to be given? Who would it be given to? So what are your thoughts? I, I don't thought, know if there's a right or wrong answer for this. So
1: I thought that the way they portrayed r- reparations in this show was, was excellent in terms of we don't live in a world where reparations exist Mm -hmm. but if we did it would look it would look exactly like that you would you would have people who were bitter bitterly against it and you would have people who were accepting and understanding of why they existed like a like, Wade's character understands why mm-hmm. it's important. Um, even in the classroom, like, uh, I can't remember the name of their adopted son. But the reason that their adopted son got in a fight is because he, uh, some kid was like, did you pay for your, did your mom pay for her business with it? red Asians? And it's like, it's like a cultural taboo. So, in, but but like, if you're smart enough, you can put yourself into that universe and understand why people would feel that way. Because there's no world, um, th- like we don't live in a world where there are no have-nots, mm. and that's and that's the thing the show doesn't address as much because they're tackling they're tackling um, inequality in in racism and systemic racism, and they can't even. but they're acknowledging. There is a wealth gap, and mm-hmm. there there are people who are born in poverty and they cannot get themselves out of poverty, and that's just the reality. And 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 they can't discuss it more than that because the show's that's not what the show's trying to do. But they paint this very vivid world of inequality um, in light of these these tax breaks that African American families in Tulsa are getting.
0: Yeah, but I, I agree with Isaac. It's And you too, when you say um, that you don't know if there's a, a right or wrong answer, I would say the same thing. It's definitely be one of those deci- divisive type issues, like all other kind of issues and debate topics we have. Um, but yeah.
2: Yeah, I uh, I really don't know if it there's a right or wrong answer because as I was typing that question out uh, the other day, I was thinking about where... Where do we start? Where do we end? Because, you know, in American history, we're taught that the colonizers are kind of the heroes, that the white people who came over are the heroes who started this great country and all that. But we destroyed so many different Native American tribes and cultures. And we started there. We start and then we brought over slavery. Uh, so we put a whole, not, not just even one civilization, but so many different cultures and civilizations into slavery. Uh, we can go back as recent as world war II and put Japanese Americans into internment camps. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of blood on, on our hands as Americans. So, so I, I just, I just don't know where we'd start and what would be enough. Yep.
1: Um, Tanahasse Coates in when he wrote the an essay for The Atlantic called The Case for Reparations. Toward the end, he has this one paragraph that is really poignant that kind of touches on on that, Olivia. It reads, What I'm talking about is a national reckoning that would lead to spiritual renewal. Reparations would mean the would mean the end of scarfing hot dogs on the fourth of July while denying the facts of our heritage reparations would mean the end of yelling patriotism while waving a confederate flag reparations would mean a revolution of the american consciousness a reconciling of our self image as the great democratizer with the facts of our history which is just i mean and here's here's the thing and and i want to i want to touch on this because i think it's really important because you know earlier this year i had i was not anti-American and I will be the first to say that I have my political understanding has begun trending left, um, for four years. And so, so put th- putting that out there, I do think, I think it, that it is important to be patriotic. Um, I have, uh, one of my coworkers has a podcast here in Conway and he did an episode on the Fourth of July with two vets, one who's black and one who's white. And listening to that made me so kind, so embarrassed of the way that I had been so hard on like myself and my country and my fellow man, um, and not glossing over the fact that we have so much work to do that it's kind of like depressing and overwhelming. But I think I think that like we can't really be proud true Americans if we don't do this, mm-hmm. if we don't reconcile our self-image and admit we did all this bad stuff. Like, like we need to teach that stuff in schools. We need to teach that the daughters of the Confederacy spread spread not not false, not falsehoods, but they spread like things that are inherently un American. And that it took root in the South. Like, we need to teach that. We need to teach that we messed up big time when Andrew Jackson instituted the Trail of Tears. Like, we we just we need to teach that. And we need to foster this understanding similar to what Germany did with their schools after World War II. And had them go to concentration camps and see what they instituted. Because that's how you heal. And healing is also a big part of this show. So... I don't know.
2: Well, and I, Eric, do you have anything to add to that?
1: Um, no,
0: I don't. I think I think everything Isaac said is is pretty on point. Um, I will say an add on that I do agree that what we learn in this in in school and the education that we get is kind of fosters these these thoughts that we have that that sh- that shouldn't be. Um, the, the the education system definitely needs or the curriculum definitely needs to be overhauled because um, obviously like even just with the Tulsa massacre, we, I have never even heard of that until the TV show. And there, sure. I'm sure there's for every event like that, there's, there's more, right. That we never heard of. So.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and even with that, like my, my mom went to high school in, in Oklahoma and she, she was shocked when my brother and I had never heard of it and I said I, I remember having this conversation with her and I said, Mom, our our high school mascot <laughs> was a Confederate soldier. Our fight <laughs> song was Dixie. What 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 do you expect? And, and that's another thing. I mean, even so the high school Eric and I attended, it was rooted in racism. You could um, still
0: see which, it to like this day. Or yeah. Like up to when we were in high school, you could still see like the motivations and stuff it
2: was absolutely um well and even i eric were you in fort smith the summer of 2015
0: i was not <laughs> i heard it was okay. a circus so. <laughs> it,
2: it was a crazy time so that summer the school board met in private and decided that they were going to change the the fight song for the upcoming school year and then the next year they were going to change the mascot and people lost their minds that was the only summer I lived in Fort Smith during college. And I had never seen so many Confederate flags before in my life. People were fighting fa- friends, lifelong friends and family over it on on social media. Like all this stuff that ha- that's has happened in the past year was not surprising to me based on what happened in Fort Smith 2015.
1: I would just like to tie this very serious conversation to the fact that Fort Smith was became a meme <laughs> that I'm pretty sure is pretty popular. Oh, no. There was a shooting at a Taco Bell somewhere in Fort Smith, and they interviewed a local young adult who said, yeah, well, I was about to go to Taco Bell, and then I heard gunshots, and I thought to myself, yeah, I guess Taco Bell can wait. And that is it. (laughs) That's what he said. Wow.
2: It was great. I laughed really hard at that when I I feel that
1: uh, I've
2: never even heard of this
1: Taco Bell meme. So... uh... I'll send it to Definitely you. Yeah, I was going to say, we can send it
2: to you on Instagram.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I got you covered. <laughs>
2: um,
1: but yeah, Fort Smith yeah. is
0: uh, – and and I'm not going to name any names. You could look at the geography of Fort Smith. This this whole area right. uh, really is – there's a lot of racism and, and hate um, nestled in this area. And it really reared its head during during that time and, mm-hmm. and today too and this time.
2: Well, and, and you could see it with the demographics of the school – there's two high schools in Fort Smith. You could see it in the demographics of the schools and the junior highs that fed into those schools. Yep. Um, so anyway, I can rant about that forever, but earlier Isaac said something about uh, real quick.
1: I just, I was just going to say that uh, Fort Smith Smith's mayor, George McGill is a really good dude. Um, I think he's, I think he's the right person to be in leadership, especially during, during these crazy times.
2: Good. I, I know nothing about him. So I also haven't lived in Fort Smith in, since 2013 or 15, I guess, since that one summer. Um, anyway, so Isaac mentioned earlier um, how we talked about masks, and that's a part of the show and healing. So in the show, Will Reeves tells Angela, who is his granddaughter, that he put on the mask not because he wanted to protect his identity, but because he was fearful and angry. He colored the skin around his eyes white to hide the true skin color. Um, And Angela also does that, except instead of white, she paints it black, like super dark black, uh, as she dones her costume as Sister Knight. Will tells her at the end of the series, wounds don't heal under a mask. They need air. One of the main themes of the show is masks, and it's being married to the central motif of racism at this moment. And it's also hitting on intergenerational trauma. So, what do, you guys, what do you guys think of, of what Will said to Angela that, that wounds don't heal under a mask? They need air. What did that mean to you guys? Thoughts about that?
0: Yeah. So, I, I can kind of, when I was thinking back on this discussion point, I was like, I can kind of almost relate to Will in a way. Um, growing up, like growing up in school and the schools that I went to, I'm trying to think, I don't think I had any other Asian students with me. I think they were all, all white people. And it was weird growing up, not seeing anybody that looks like you. Um, so obviously, you know, I got, I was the butt of a lot of jokes at the time, like open your eyes and the whole Asian accent, uh, the slanted Asian eyes thing. And, and I had no idea why um, they were like doing those things and saying those things. So it can almost relate to will net that, that way. Um, and when I was growing up, I, i wanted to conform to like the cool kids you know um mm-hmm. then then after a certain time uh i guess in high school um i kind of had like a eye opening experience i'm like fuck it like who cares what other people think why do i need to fit in with with these people and the my culture and the tradition of my upbringing is 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 important in its own way and that's when I really learned to to be my own person, and um, almost be like Angela and, and wear it proudly on my sleeve.
2: Mm-hmm. So, what so
1: year you, was that, Will or uh, Eric? Uh, I was, I was R- Will Reeves. Uh, that's yeah.
0: So I, uh, I guess like what year when I was like uh, when I had like my coming of age, or like
1: yeah, I mean yeah. It, in terms of what you yeah, were talking about, so, like with your your identity, yeah, it
0: was like really probably. The beginning of high school in like tenth, ninth grade. Um, I, I met some, yeah, I met, some I met some really cool people. Um, I don't, I'm not going to name any names, but like they <laughs> they were they were really great friends, and they, they made me realize like what's really important and um, you know, other people's opinions are are not important. Other people's opinions of me are not important. so
2: yeah. so so you related to will when he was saying that he was fearful yeah. and angry about about
0: the way he was treated. Right, exactly. And now I I've, yeah. I've 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 grown a pretty thick skin and not a lot of things offend me anymore. So uh, my character development has, has grown pretty well, I think.
2: You had a good story yep, arc.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Speaking of speaking of story arcs, did y'all catch the the parallel between Will Reeves and Superman? in this extraordinary being he is so he arrested fred and then he's on the street the next day and there's a guy reading uh, i think he's a german immigrant reading a superman comic
2: mm-hmm.
1: and he's like what are you reading and he's like it's really good and he's like well, what's happening in it and he goes well he w- uh this these parents took their baby put him in a ship Send them to earth right before their planet explodes and it flashes back to will reeves dad putting him in the cart like as they're trying to escape tulsa and i was like oh shoot it's pretty incredible yet another yeah yet another and i hadn't hadn't caught that quite uh and i've seen the show twice but (laughs) it was a it was another moment where i realized that superman has more common with, like <laughs> real black black yeah. and people of color then like, then white real people. <laughs> quick really off yeah. topic
0: um but not really i i started reading i had this thing on my shelf for a while but i started reading doomsday clock it's where watchmen oh. and the dc universe collide and it's a trip because that is pretty much the comics ver- version of the sequel to the original watchmen um so I definitely recommend it even though I'm not finished with it yet but fun read if you like DC characters.
2: Uh yeah, yeah I've heard it's good. But going back to the the Superman parallel, there's a point I don't remember what episode it is, but it's the very beginning of the an episode where you're introduced to this couple and you have no idea who they are or what they're doing, but they're like farmers and they sell eggs and all this stuff. Um they're the the Clarks is mm-hmm. their name. Oh yeah. They yes. There is some sort of weird thing that falls on their land. Lady True gives them a baby, so they they have this baby that's not theirs, and so it's supposed to like parallel Superman in that moment too. Yeah, I forgot um, about that. Yeah. So going back to that,
1: um, we're talking about masks. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wounds don't heal under a mask. They need air. <sighs> I feel I feel like this long silence and I've I've already spoken a lot um during this episode and I don't want to speak so much that um that, that I'm saying I'm saying stuff that I don't have the right to say, if that makes sense. Um but this is a pretty this is a pretty powerful thing. That I do not identify with again, because I'm white. I'm a white man, um, and it's something that I had. I literally had to watch Watchmen several times before I understood why. Because I first saw like the first superhero I saw trying to protect his identity was Spider-Man, and it was always like I'm protecting it for myself, and but also mainly for the people I love and this takes that flips it on its head and says if someone who could do the right thing wanted to do the right thing but had to hide their identity because they would be attacked for their identity what would that look like and that's watchmen mm. but also you watch the show and will is will is doing the right thing like he's choosing to um And this gets into the like a a completely separate and somewhat under unrelated because Watchman doesn't tackle protesting or looting or destroying a private property and you know what's going on in Seattle right now, um and in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um but you know, he was doing the the right thing and he's protecting his identity because the letter of the law was being followed by um a corrupt police force, and the spirit of the law was being overlooked um so I'm like well he and and i'm I'm siding with will instead of June saying, mm-hmm. "June, he has to wear a mask like he has to, but she sensed the the uh the pain and the anger that he was suffering every day because of this terrible trauma that he endured um." as a child. So it it is a, it is a tough thing. And I don't, I, I don't understand it in terms of I've never lived it, but I understand it from sure. a storytelling perspective.
2: Yeah. And I think that when Will puts on the mask, he he's protecting himself, but he's also robbing himself of expressing how he feels. And in, in a way we do that every day, not in the same manner, of course, not to the same extent, um, but we do that with various versions of ourselves. Um, so, Okay, so do we have time for one more question or two more questions?
1: I, let's just keep going. Okay. Yeah.
2: So the ending was written to be kind of an airing out of our fear, and, and the ending isn't necessarily about forgiveness. It's about consistent healing, sort of this emotional insight, if, if you will how do you guys interpret the ending? What does that mean to you?
0: So um, I, I'll just say this. Uh, I thought the, I don't know, this might be controversial, might not be. I, I thought the ending was, the ending was kind of corny and <laughs> uh, it wasn't that great of an <laughs> ending. Um, but uh, I, I, and to me, I, I really didn't get any, there wasn't that much em- emotional payoff for me at the end. I, 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 w- I really was trying to look for like some deeper message, and maybe you guys will will tell me that here in a moment of of what uh, everything culminated to. But to me, that was just that that would be my one negative I had to say about the show. If I had to say one, um, was just the ending was a little weak. Um, but that 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 was kind of uh, it for me. Um, when when I went back and watched it, uh, I did, and this doesn't even. Re- relate to the theme of the episode. I think uh, when when I watched the whole series, I, I took the series as like a super amazing love story between Angela and, and John slash Cal. Mm-hmm. And at the yeah. end, in my mind, in, in my Watchmen universe, Angela uh, gets the powers, uh, the godlike powers of Doctor Manhattan. And she ends up reviving John and they live together happily ever after. That's how I see it. <laughs>
2: I love that. I think that's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm a sucker should, for a uh, love story. So that's great. I think you should call Lindelof up and say, "Hey, I've got a great idea. Let's <laughs> do this." It's like a rom com
0: with the whole gang.
2: Yeah,
1: that that's how. Uh, you know, that's how the the story ends, I guess, for you. Because it, it, I mean, and I don't, I don't mean that. Like, that's your truth, man. Uh, I mean, like, the story ends and. I think the consensus is that he gets his... Spoilers, everyone. He gets his powers from the egg because it had been very clearly foreshadowed um, and that she's equipped to do a lot of good with her powers after the events of the show. Um, But then... Yeah, yeah, I don't know. The one, one thing that I thought was really interesting is saw some parallels between I saw some parallels between June and will's relationship and Angela and yeah Cal's relationship and we're back in a weird way when you when you look at how strained and difficult we, we don't know that much about will and June's relationship other than the fact that Will was the one who found June. He's several years older than her. He protected her um after the Tulsa massacre. They're both from Tulsa. They lived together. They were friends in New York. Um or is it New York that they're living? It's in New York City. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure. Um but you but he falls in love with Captain Metropolis. I won't like rehash the whole plot line or anything but you get the sense that Will's not being true to himself um, and he's not, he's not admitting the truth about himself and that's why he's angry and that's why June senses that he's angry <laughs> and I'm sure June had inklings that he didn't actually love her the way like a husband needs wrong. to love a wife. I'm sure that he did love her because they had this <laughs> unbreakable bond, bond in a lot of ways, but then you go to Angela and Cal's relationship yeah. In, or uh, Dr. Manhattan. And Dr. Manhattan understands everything perfectly. He understands that he loves Angela. And then when he's in his human form and he's not, he doesn't have these powers, he still loves her perfectly. And like yeah, different characters say that like, man, your husband's amazing. Or like, your husband is so hot. And I know that's like a comment on his like physical beauty. But like, you get the sense that he, he's so great as Cal before we know these Dr. Manhattan that he's boring. Um, like he's so great. Like he has no flaws and he like doesn't even fight with her when she's mad, when she knows that they need to have a fight. Um, so they are just really interesting parallels. And, and then, and then the fact that like it's, it all come, it comes back to love and family. And I think you're right, Eric, like it is a love story. It's a, it's a love story between Angela and Cal but it's also a love story about family. Yeah. About like how the way that Will loved June as I think as a sister, not mm-hmm. really as a as a wife because more I, of a yeah.
2: More of like a a companion as opposed to a romantic partner or yes. a wife. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. So that was just an interesting parallel that I that i saw in there and uh and 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 it's will ultimately at the end of the show it's will and angela who are airing out this hurt not really anyone else in the like kind of like i think wade um wade processes a lot of the this trauma that he has and we haven't even talked about him that much um this episode um but yeah
2: well, and I think you make a point about how Will wasn't true to himself. He wasn't true to himself as a black man. He wasn't true to himself as a gay man. And and the time in which he was going around as hood of Justice, he couldn't be either one of those things. Mm-hmm. And, and the the pain of hi- having to hide who he is, his true self, that's, that's a lot, that's heavy. That's mm-hmm. hard. So yeah, so I think that like he he knows exactly what he's talking about when he tells Angela that wounds don't heal under a mask. Mm-hmm. So and it's like okay.
1: it's like the the wounds that the wounds of like not doing the right thing and the wounds of not um uh, not uh, it's so it's so cliche but like not being true to yourself and I don't mean that like. Like, not truly understanding yourself. I don't mean that, like, in a cheesy way. I mean that in a sincere way. No. And, so- and sometimes they're, like, the same thing, some- but a lot of the times they're not. They Or they feel like different things. Yeah. But it's all based on our perspective and, like, our understanding of the world, so.
2: Um, okay, so what did you guys think about the show when it first started, and what did you think about it when it finished?
0: i'll take that so um when it first started um i was i was hooked from episode one uh, just because watchman is one of my favorite uh stories of all time um so i was like a kid in a candy shop just watching this whole series unravel um seeing a lot of familiar characters and this the story continue and and when it ended it it was a uh, like i already expressed my thoughts on the ending but like as a story of as a whole i was i was Definitely uh, overjoyed that we got uh, another watchman story, and I was glad it happened. And I loved all the themes and the way the story was told. Um, I thought Linda Loft and crew uh, were on point with everything.
2: Yeah, I agree, Isaac. I think
1: yeah, no, I I, I knew that when it finished, it was a masterpiece. I I th- I think it's a masterpiece. I know. I don't know if the general consensus is that it's a masterpiece. I think a lot of people think it's highly excellent, but anyway. Um, it like like I've stated before, it's taken me a couple more viewings to understand how tech how technically ad- advanced and I think technically from a storytelling level, it's kind of objective that it's a masterpiece. Um, and yep. and in the way that it communicates really important themes, I was I was surprised that it wasn't action packed. I think I just expected it to be in commensurate with the with Zack Snyder's Watchmen, which isn't like action packed, but there are very exciting sequences. Sure. Between yeah. the dialogue-heavy scenes um, and the exposition, and which is equally as compelling for for what it is. Um, so for that time era.
2: Yeah, i I agree. I don't really have anything to add to what you guys have said. I think that. It was kind of confusing at first because I didn't know much about the Watchmen universe. But you had
1: the disadvantage of going in not knowing anything. I and didn't know and anything. I had both seen the Watchmen. <laughs> not movie. a single thing. I'd seen it like at least
0: twenty times by that point.
2: <laughs> so, but I think that's true for a lot of people. I think a lot of people went into it kind of blind. So, but it's all good. I obviously really enjoyed it. I think that it's going to go down as probably one of the best series ever. So, anyway. Anything else? I mean, there's a lot else. (laughs) But
0: (laughs) one of my favorite, real real quick, one of my favorite things about, maybe my favorite thing about the show is the soundtrack um, Mm -hmm. and score. is so good. The score. Yeah, I agree. uh, By uh, Trent Razzner is the guys who did Night 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 Club. Yeah, yeah, they've done so many, so many amazing uh, movies. Yeah, I was
1: listening before we recorded this i was listening to the song that's playing they they mixed it um in a unique way for um this extraordinary being this that episode it, but it's like uh holding you in my embrace everything is in its place the mm-hmm. song that's playing when the the bag is over his head and the lights start like fading out and the music fades out it's just mm-hmm. like I got chills watching yep. it and it's just really really powerful and sobering. I told I told my parents that they should watch this. Um and my mom texted me and said I could only get it get through like three episodes. It was too <laughs> too heavy for me. And I was like, I hey, think that's fair. So my that's mom fair. would say yeah. it's too woke. <laughs> <laughs> well, we made it, guys. We did, we did it. it. Good job. Thanks for <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. I just want to say, I'll, last thing I'll say, I've talked so much. I hate myself for talking so much, but there, there is good, there is good out there. There's good people, um, and there are. I don't know. It's it's not. I hope we're not ending on a dark note. I hope there is that, hope. There is hope. There is hope. We're. I hope we're ending on an optimistic note because. Um. And I hope, I really hope that what happens from this episode is that people listen to it and and think differently, or think differently about how they view um, the people in their lives, or that they choose to do something and uh, and be involved and protest and volunteer and advocate. Um, That's my sincere hope for this episode.
2: Yeah, for sure. All right, Olivia. All right. Well, uh, our next episode, we'll look at the theme of politics and government interference within the Watchmen series. So I'm excited to talk about all that all that jazz with you guys next time. I'm going to uh, have a
1: time limit next time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a stopwatch. You get like five minutes next time. Thanks. Episode. Yeah, thanks, dude.
2: Cut them off. All right. TikTok. Well, this is Olivia. <laughs> TikTok. This is Olivia signing off from Oklahoma.
0: This is Eric signing off from Fort Smith, Arkansas.
2: This is Isaac
1: signing off from Conway, Arkansas.
2: Oh, my gosh. With all all the
1: whores and prostitutes.
2: (laughs) Talking about ending on a terrible note. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye, everyone.
1: See ya.